in Christ, you know, we of all people should be leading by example, right? So just think how much better the world will be if just us would do do that. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty-three and twenty-four. The whole chapter is good. So if y'all got time, go read the whole chapter in ten. There's a lot of good lessons and a lot of good stuff in this chapter. But I want to focus on twenty-three and twenty-four. He says, all things are lawful for me, this is Paul talking, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Amen? Yeah. And edify, edification, however, whichever modification of that word you want to put, is, it's basically saying to pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. You know, always trying to make interactions you have with somebody, I try to make it a, a habit of everybody that you come in contact with and carry on a conversation with, I want to leave them in a better place than they was before I met. Does that make sense? And, you know, whether by conversation or whatever that is, bless somebody, whatever that is, uh, look out for the betterment of other people. Just because you can don't mean you always should, Right? This can be implied in so many areas and so many ways. You know, how many times have we said, well, I'm a, I'm grown, I can do what I want to do. Or uh, you just need to, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do and you're just going to have to get over it. You know, I'm this, this, and this. That sounds quite the opposite of what that verse is implying. We should always strive to live a life that all the things we do glorify God. Amen, we know that. And the things we do not have a chance to hinder our testimony of God to others, which is what Paul talks about in the last verses of this chapter, if you go on down. Uh, we ain't got time to go through all that, so read on through that. But that's what he's saying. An example of this is, uh, you know, alcohol. I've heard this on job sites. I do construction, so I hear all kinds of good stuff. And I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, if I get saved, I can't drink. If this, this, and this, always revolving around that. You know, it's like there's that selfish part, you know, coming in. It's like, well, I want to serve God, but I don't want to give up this, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you got, you're looking at it from wrong. Like, don't worry about can I drink or can whatever. Like, and that's a very big gray area. We talked about it on Wednesday night at service, you know, some, or in the men's meeting back there. You know, a lot of things are in this area that where it might be a sin for you, might not for you. All that being said, I'm not going to touch on all that today, but let's just look at the basics of it. If I'm free to have a beer at home that it don't affect me, that I don't relapse and go back to 18 beers deep in a ditch somewhere, I can have a beer in the evening. And then somebody that I've been praying to or praying for and ministering to and all these different things finally get to the point where they seek you out. And I'm sitting at home on a Friday night, 10 o'clock, with one open beer. Brother David's used this example before, and it stuck with me through all these years. And then I got a beer sitting on that table, and then they show up knocking on my door, crying, seeking God. You know, and they didn't know where to turn to. They knew you had been talking to them, so they come to you for guidance and help. They walk in the living room, there's a beer sitting on the table. You know, that right there can, in a weak conscience, which is what Paul talks about on down in that the last part of that chapter, if they have a weak conscience towards things, that right there can detour them and hinder them from the whole reason they came to your house because they're going to be like, well, 
It ain't no different than anybody else. You know, I can do this at my house or all these different things. So that one single beer, because I, uh, I ain't going to call nobody. I don't want to see no show of hands. But those who have drank before, <laughs> how, how many how many have you had when you ask somebody, man, how many beers you had? You know, I'll be answering you always, man, I only had a couple, you know, one or two. No one good and well, you maybe one or two cases, you know. You don't say all that. So that's what they're going to be thinking is what I'm getting at. Like if I looked at the table and I show up at Bo's house, you know, that same scenario, and he's got a beer sitting there, and I hinders my uh, conversation there in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, one, okay. You know, you got 12 in the garbage can or something. It's what you're going to be thinking, and that can hinder your walk. So that's just an example on that. Activities are things we do with others, whether believers or unbelievers. If I'm doing something that I know upsets someone, Am I really being selfless or selfish? And there's all kind of scenarios of that. We're going to talk about uh, that in depth. But if you're doing something that you know upsets someone, think about that. And you continue to do it, are you being selfless or selfish? Regardless of what you feel about it, because as we talked about before, it ain't always what I feel is deemed necessary. It's about those who are around you, if you're looking for the betterment of them, I'm not going to do something that I know upsets you because that's being selfish on my part and it's creating a hindrance in you. And on the flip side of that, that same scenario, someone is doing that, something that upsets me, we're talking normal stuff, not necessarily horrible sinning type stuff, okay? And I get all upset and in my feels about because of some issue or trauma that I have and I act or respond in a negative way, am I being selfish or selfless? You know, because they're, what they're doing is not hurting anybody. It's not some crazy sin or whatever. It's just issues that I have, and then I act negatively to them. So that's the interactions we all have with people all the time. It's all, most of the time, selfish. So this, all that being said, shows the importance of us as individuals, seeking God and praying that we be conformed and changed from the inside to become more Christ-like so that in return we can grow and become more selfless and build up all those around us, right? So at the end of the day, the answer is always the same. Seek Christ to become more Christ-like so that in those situations, instead of lashing out or saying whatever that we have with our interactions with those around us, you know, let's move us out of the way for a minute and put the feelings of someone else before our own. Amen. Amen. Right, and I think Tanner meant 10 out of 10, because before that he said, you're the best. So, he didn't boo you like he did Hallie. So, you're, you're good. But it, it was really good, Said Thank you for being willing to sing and for using the talents that God gives you and uh, and being real up here. I mean, I, I know firsthand how easy it is to cry, and I'm just talking. I couldn't imagine singing. So, thank you. If you didn't feel the presence of God during that song and during praise and words of the day, then you need to get your feelers checked and your senses checked. And the only way to do that is to get on your knees and repent of your sins. Because, I don't know, I, I know the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit's here and He's here right now moving. And if you need to let Him work in your life today. That's why we're here. So, amen. Alright. So, a couple other announcements that wasn't in the bulletin. 
Um, this was brought up this morning. Daddy told, asked me about it. Said the carpenter's cabinet here in town. Um, you know, they give out a lot of food, a lot of different things, a lot of help to people. Well, they're they're needing assistance, so um, we want to do what we can to help the community because that's what goes out from there is to help the community, and that's why we're here. So we want to start um, this next week. You come on Wednesday, Sunday. Um, to the second Sunday in December, December 10th, and we want to do a, a can drive, non-perishable food drive, and bring that in here so we can donate that to the carpenter's cabinet because I'm sure this time of year there's going to be a lot more needs, people needing things and, and needing help with different things. So we want to be a blessing to them and help, help our area around us. So remember that, and it will be in the bulletin next week. But come on Wednesday and you want to bring some your... If you're like me, you're at Dollar General or Walmart probably nearly every day. Canned food's not that much, and we're a blessed people in this church this morning. We can get some canned food and some different things to help those that are less fortunate. So, um, so we want to do that. Also, we talked last week some about um, selling some sheets that would go to the parcel. That'll go to the building fund. There's um, a box back there that's got these packets in there, and she's like, well, I don't want to sell any, but I'll buy some. Well, that's fine. You can sign up and buy some. They're $40 a set from Twin to California King. And I don't know if it matters. They're 1,800 thread count, so whatever. And, and they're really nice. We've, we've had some for several years, the same sets. So they, they last a long while. Um, if you want to do that, that money go to the building fund. We're working on a set to take family Christmas pictures. So that'll be up here in the next week or so. And I think me and me and Gabby talked. And we'll set up some times and have a sheet to fill out for December second on that Saturday and the ninth. And um, we'll figure out we'll come we'll we'll have a way to where we're not gonna print you off your pictures, but you'll get a digital copy of those pictures, okay? And uh, you can have those for your family. Um, all right. So I think that was all the other announcements. Did I miss anything? Okay. All right. So remember that. Amongst everything else in your bulletin. Listen, we're here to work and we're here to serve, right? So that's what we're going to do. And and so it's going to take time and it's going to take dedication. And I'm thankful for everybody here that is so willing to take of their time and be dedicated to what God's called this assembly to do amongst the other assemblies, but called us to do. And I, and I do appreciate that tremendously, tremendously as your pastor. All right. Well, let's receive our offering. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, as, we, as we get ready this morning and pray, we got, we got a few prayer requests. J.J. Uh, called me last night. Stacy's dad, Ernie. Did he have a stroke Thursday or Friday? Friday? Okay, and he's still in the hospital from that, right? So he's still in the hospital from having a stroke. He failed, and J.J. said he looked like he got in a boxing ring with Mike Tyson. He said his face is just all kinds of messed up. So amongst the dementia that he deals with, he had the stroke, so we want to remember Ernie this morning when we pray. Um, Brad Fowler asked for prayer for his grandmother. She's at that state in her life to where, you know, they just need peace and and. Her not to be in that state anymore, right, Elizabeth? And, I mean, I'm pretty much what Brad was saying. Um, and then, um, and then, most of you probably remember he's come here before. But Vasil Mitchell, they live over there by mom and dad. They found out here a couple of weeks ago, maybe, 
that he has got lung cancer real bad and it's moved to some other parts. So um, we want to remember Basil Mitchell this morning also. All right, anything else before we pray? All right, well, let's join together. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and thank you again for your Holy Spirit and, and your Holy Spirit moving in and out this service today and, and in and out of hearts of lives and lives that will be changed today for your glory and your honor. Father, that's why we're here. And, God, we just thank you that you're working and you're moving in people's lives this morning, Father. We thank you for that. Thank you, God, that um, you're, you're with these needs that we bring out. That we said this morning with Ernie, this Stacy's dad. God, that you continue to touch and heal him. Be with the family this morning. And, God, they look to you and, and trust in you this morning and know that your hand's at work and moving in his life. Be with, be with Vasil Mitchell this morning, God. His, we just agree with him together right now that he's healed. And, God, we just thank you that you strengthen him right now inside and out and, and be with Margaret, his wife, also, and strengthen her during this time. Father, we thank you for it. Thank you, God, that you with Brad Fowler and his family and their grandmother, God, that you just touch and move in that whole situation. Heal as, as Father God, that you see best. We know ultimate healing is away from this world and in heaven with you. And God, his, he, his said this morning that he knows where she'll be. And Father, we thank you that you're working and you're moving in that whole situation, the whole family. God, we just thank you again for this time together as we go forward, God, that your, your word goes forth this morning in East and in the children's church and out here, God, that people can see and understand your power and your glory and we can look to you during this time and trust in you, Father. And we, we, we be obedient to your word this morning. We bring these tithes and offerings to you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come in. Children's Church this morning. <laughs> Amen. I wish adults was excited about that most time coming to church to, to grown ups church. And so I guess we'll go to church today. It's Sunday. So yeah. I mean I know, trust me, I'm pastor and I still deal with those kind of different things going on, thoughts in my mind, and why? Because the devil doesn't want us here experiencing the power of God in our life like we already have this morning. He don't want that for you. He wants you to sit home and, and wallow in your own self-pity and your own problems and, and troubles and, and, and then not get fixed from it. So that's what, that's what he wants. But we know that we serve a God that is greater than anything the devil can throw at us, right? All we've got to do is trust in him and, and lean into him each and every day. So, all right, we're still in the book of Mark. As it says up there, so turn to Mark chapter 6, and, and we'll be starting in verse 45. But how many are excited for what's coming up this week? No, like two, three people? It's Thanksgiving week. I mean, my goodness. If you're not excited for food, I know J.J. is. And J.J.'s always excited for food. I mean, this is the only time of year that I know that we really have turkey cooked, right? And most of the time I'm good with that because after a few days I'm like, all right, enough of turkey. Because to me, turkey warmed up sometimes does not taste as good as when it's fresh. It's just got this this little wang to it that just it don't taste good. But, you know, I, I got to thinking this past week, turkey and dressing, 
sweet potato casserole, and no, it's not a dessert. It goes with the main course, okay? It's not a dessert. You can eat it as that, but it tastes great with turkey and dressing and green bean casserole and cream corn and mashed potatoes. And so we get to have that this week. And you ought to feel blessed because you were born in a country that celebrates that. I don't know. There's not other country that's going to be celebrating this Thursday Thanksgiving, are there? We are. So we, we can thank God for that and go into this week of Thanksgiving. And this is not a normal Thanksgiving theme message, okay? I've titled it Be of Good Cheer because, and, you know, where we're at in the book of Mark, and we're going to skip over a few things, but when Jesus comes walking on the water, what does he say? He says, Be of Good Cheer, right? So I want to talk about this morning us being of good cheer and, and looking at the things in our life that really matter. Sure. Thanksgiving Day is great that we can come together and join as a family and eat. But a lot of times we take that for granted in this world because I've said it before, we're so spoilt as a society, we just expect those things. Most of us now, you know, we don't want to cook it, we want to eat it. I know my generation, I'm still thankful for my parents that still do a lot of the cooking. I know we was over at Mom and Dad's a week or so ago and Becky and her husband Tommy was there and Daddy's cooking his fish Hush puppies as he always does. And Tommy said, you got this recipe down, Pat? I said, no, I don't need to yet. <laughs> so, I said, why? I said, I'll figure it out <laughs> later. <laughs> but so, you know, my generation needs to do more cooking. It needs to do more things to prepare to help the older generation out. <laughs> that doesn't mean we'll start this week. Next year. Next year. So... So, no, we, uh, we need to do those things. I was talking to a guy yesterday at a, um, Gabby's sister's wedding, and he has a different political view than I do, and we mess with each other all the time. That, and he's a Michigan fan, so I was just, yeah, he's all kinds of messed up in the head. So I got to mess with him on politics and Michigan cheating, so it was a good day. So, But we, you know, we started talking politics, and Gabby, she said, I'm going to go over here. I'm not going to, y'all going to argue. And we don't argue. We talk, and we mess with each other, and and just have a good fun with it. But he's he's talking, all this stuff, and I said, you know what? As all this stuff that's going on, we still live in a nation, and everybody that's here is in the top 1% of the world in wealth, right? What do we really have to complain about? What do we really have to um, to just get mad about each and every day? Sure, what's happening in Washington is a circus show, and it has been for the last 80 years. It's been a circus show. It's just getting worse. But if we let that consume us, we'll miss what God wants to do in our life right now. We'll miss everything else. And I'm not saying don't keep up with it, don't keep up with what's going on in Israel. We need to be up to date with those things and know what's going on. And when you... It's one thing that us as Christians is called to do is pray for those who are in authority over us. And guess what? Biden is in authority over you as president. So that means whatever your political stance is, you as a child of God has got to pray for those in authority over you. So, you know, it's, it's hard to do. We don't want to do that. We want to talk down on them all the time and put them down. But that's what, what, as children of God, what we're called to do. And it'll cloud everything, especially for what's coming up this week and we get to celebrate and going into holiday season. I know most everybody, I know my house, sometimes we, November 1st comes and it's just from whatever, Halloween to Christmas. And so Thanksgiving's kind of in the middle right there. My house is decorated for Christmas. It has been for a couple weeks. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. But And I've heard people talk, well, we just, you know, we forget Thanksgiving. Nobody forgets Thanksgiving. I think I just want, I don't, I know people that put up their Christmas stuff after Thanksgiving. But to me, you got a couple of weeks and you're taking it back down. So I just, I like putting it up earlier. So, so anyway, we need to take time to praise God and start now praising God. Start now. And that way, when, when it comes to this time of Thanksgiving and you're sitting down to eat, you can thank God for His blessings. And hopefully that'll be a start to thank God every day for those blessings that He gives you. And whatever's going on in your life, how bad it may seem, and you say, well, I just I can't think of any blessings in my life. You're breathing right now. You're sitting in a heated building where you can complain about if it's too hot or not, or too cold or not, or whatever. And so there's two blessings right there. If you have to, go back to like your little kid and write them down. Start writing them down. And I promise you'll, you'll, be, you'll be surprised how much you are blessed in your life and how much we take for granted. So, so let's not do that. All right. Mark chapter 6 and verse 45. So Jesus went through and, and he fed the 5,000. I love how in that, in that passage he, he told the disciples... They said, hey, all these people are here, 5,000 men plus women and children are here. What are we going to feed them? It's late. He said, you feed them. You feed them. Whoa. Whoa, Jesus. Hold up. It's it's your job to feed them, not mine. And Jesus is like, look, I've been feeding them spiritually for hours. What have you been doing? So same thing he's telling us. Jesus is gone. He said, we're his hands and feet, right? We're his mouth. We need to feed. We need to do. We need to work. We need to do these things. So we're going from that. And, and Jesus tells them what? He tells them to go get in a boat and go to the other side. And, and so Jesus said, I'm going to go on the mountain and pray, and you go to the other side. So that's where we pick up in verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Verse 48, Then when he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them, now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And verse 48 is where I got stuck most of the week. There's some things in there that I want to just dig out for just a second that I had to stop and do some studying on. Now, we know that he saw them straining and rowing. Hey, that's a prime example, perfect picture of how he's on the mountain and he sees his, his disciples straining and rowing and, and beating themselves and, and struggling to get through to the other side. But the wind, we know the wind and the waves and the storm was hard against them. And guess what? He's still doing that to us today. He's still doing that to us. It wasn't two chapters ago they was in the same scenario and Jesus was asleep on the boat and they still couldn't stop the wind and the waves. And he told them then again, yet, oh, you have little faith, right? So I know Jesus, sure, he was up there praying for his ministry on this earth. But I, I just, just because Jesus intercedes for us on our behalf to our Heavenly Father now, guess what he was doing while he watched his disciples in struggle and in despair? He was praying for them. I guarantee you he was. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say what he prayed. But if he's interceding on my behalf to God and going back and forth, why would he stop? Why would he, why would he not do it then? So he's like, hey, I gave you the power. Because in this chapter also, we didn't read it, before the 5,000, he had sent them out 
and gave them power to heal people, to raise the dead, to to cleanse, you know, heal the sick, all those things. So that was the Holy Spirit. He gave them the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that resides in you if Jesus is Lord of your life. That's the same one. There wasn't two different Holy Spirits. There wasn't a Holy Spirit when Jesus was here and the Holy Spirit now. It's the same one. So he gave them the power of the Holy Spirit to do those things. So it's the same power he gave us. So I'm sure Jesus was up there on the mountain watching them struggle. And, and they were sitting there struggling like, where is Jesus at? Just as we do. Hey, hey, God, I'm hurting right now. Where are you at? Why aren't you taking and plucking me out and bringing me back over here on land where you are? And the whole time, Jesus is wanting them to use the power and authority through the Holy Spirit to speak against those things to calm the seas. And He's wanting you to do the same thing. He's, want, he's waiting on His children now to still speak against those things and, and calm the storms in your own life. And, so, and it's not on your power, your merit. You're using the name of Jesus. And that's what He's trying to get them to understand. You're using the name of Jesus. And, and so He wanted them to say, hey, and I'm sure He was lifting them up to the throne of God. God, help them right now. Help them see that they have the power living inside of them that I've already granted to them. Help them see. And He's doing the same thing with us today. God, help them see. They're my children. They're grafted in. Help them see and understand that they have the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of them. They don't have to live defeated. They don't have to live with these things and these thoughts and emotions and and, and depression and anxiety and all those things all the time. They don't have to do it. But we still do. Because we're still trying to fight against the sea ourselves. I'm sure the disciple, a bunch of men were in there, just like when men get together now. It's just a little, we get it. Wait, I got it. Hang on, I got it. Give me a minute. We'll get over there. And, and I'm sure they were arguing. Just keep rowing. You're not rowing hard enough. We're out of time. We're spinning in circles. We've all been there. Doing the same things in our lives all the time. Hey, I've got it for a little bit, God. I'll call you when I need you. I'll call you when I need you. So the same power that the disciples had then that God had granted them, Jesus did, is the same ones that we have now. And, and you know, Jesus, even God, back in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 43, these were His chosen people just as disciples were. They were still Jews. Same ones. Same children of Israel. He didn't, he didn't tell them that he would just bring, he would, he would not ever have hard times, did he? Not ever have difficulties, not ever have problems, not ever have sickness. And Isaiah 43, a well-known verse. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, not if, not maybe, not, not you may, you may one day. No, he says, when you walk through, when you do. So that's a statement that we're going to have difficult times and everybody in here knows it. Everybody in here, there's not a person in here, young and old, that hasn't went through something difficult in their life to some level of degree. Right? Your, your, your difficult times may be a lot worse than mine or mine more than yours, but we've all had those times where they're difficult and we didn't want to look to God. We wanted to do it ourselves. But he said, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall they flame scorch you. That's a promise of God still today. That was a promise to the children of Israel. When we got saved, when Jesus done what he done, the temple veil was torn, and Paul said, now we're going to be grafted in. 
So we're the adopted children of God. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So that same promise that he was not going to let them fall, not going to let them go in despair, it's the same promise to us. What did they have to do to do that? The same thing we do. Call unto God. Call unto Him. Look to Him. There's a song, and most everybody knows it, I'm sure. If you've been around church for a long time, everybody knows the Crab Family song, Through the Fire. Most people know that song. If you don't, let me just read a, let me just read a, just part of a verse in the chorus. Because when I was reading this this week, this come over and over in my spirit. It says, so many times I've questioned certain circumstances. Things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision. We know that. When we get weak in the spirit and weak in our lives, it blurs who we're supposed to look at and who we're supposed to see. I've said it before. We get, we get focused on the problem instead of on Jesus, just like the disciples was. They were focused on the storm instead of, instead of focusing the, the power and the using the power that God had gave them. He said, then my frustration gets out of hand. It said, I'm reminded I've never been forsaken, right? Have you ever been forsaken? Nobody has. It says, and I've never, I've never had to stand the test alone. As I looked at all the victories, all of them. If you're in a hard time right now, you can think back to the victories you've had in your life. You can look to the victories that God's pulled you in and out of. And that, that, that strengthened you to carry you through this trial, through this storm, to where you'll see the victory again. He said, he said, my, the spirit rises up in me, and though it's through the fire, my weakness is made strong. And then, of course, it says, he never promised the cross would not be heavy. He never promised that. He never promised that the hill would not be hard to climb. But, he said, he never offered our victories without fighting, did he? He never offered those things. Just like the children of Israel, he said, when you go through those things, I'll be there if you look to me. Just like now. We we're going through things. I've said it before. You're either just out of a problem or a storm, and, and you're, you're heading into one. You say, well, that's going to be a hard life. Well, that's your life whether you're in Christ or not. Because this world is ruled by this evil one, Satan, right now. An imperfect world. So, he says, but, but, he said, help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in a valid decision and the adversary says give in. Just hold on. The Lord will show up and He'll take you through the fire again, right? Amen? And, and so, you know, there's, I, I believe there's a lot, of, a lot of Christians today, believers in Christ, that, that are in this point in their life in trials to where they're not rising up. They're not doing, as Sidney's saying this morning, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your voice. She was singing that. We have, you have to tell yourself sometimes, hey, get up. Hey, you can't, you can't just sit here forever. You're going to have to get up and do something. What, do you, what, what is it, what is it, what is it going to do just sitting there and not doing anything? What's that going to help? What's it going to help with not looking to God? All you're going to do is get deeper in your problems, deeper in your trials, deeper in your circumstances, and you're still going to be fighting and rowing against the wind. And the storm's right there hitting you. Life's coming at you full force. But you're not looking to God. Why? Because your, your soul's shy. Who wants your soul shy? That's the devil. He don't want you to rise up. Rise up and be who God's called you to be. He don't want you to do that. He wants you to stay right there. 
But no, we're going to have to tell yourself and, and be bold about it and, our, and be bold about it in our, in our minds and our spirit and, 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 and just talk it. It don't matter who's around. If you're at home and your family's around, maybe you got to go to your bedroom. And they're going to be, why are they in there shouting? Because you're not shouting, you're praising. And, and so, do they, what's going on? It doesn't matter. You're with God. You're with God. And so if we quit worrying about what everybody else thinks and actually do what the Word of God says, then at some point we'll realize, hey, my faith is building up. I can go through this. I can go on. I can, we got this. God, God's at the helm and God's leading me and I'm with Him. So many times we think, no, God, God's, God's with me. No, God is with us, but we've got to be with God. We've got to be with Him. God's not following us. He's not back here and we're waiting on God to catch up. No, He's already there. He's already on through the other side. He, he says, hey, look, I'm over here where your victory's at. What are you waiting on? My hand's out. This, this passage doesn't say it, but this is the same one where when He comes walking to the boat, Peter comes up and he says, hey, if, Lord, if it's you, bid me and I'll come to you. And Jesus said, well, come on. And we know Peter walked on the water until the wind and the waves and he saw everything else around him. And he started sinking. But Jesus pulled him up. Mark doesn't go into that. Sorry. We're still in verse 48. He saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch. When did he send them out? He sent them out in the evening. The fourth watch was anywhere from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's all night. He watched them toll against the storm against the wind and against the waves. You say, well, I don't sound like a God who loves me. That is a God who loves you. you see, because how are you ever going to get better if you don't go through something? How are you ever going to get stronger if you don't go through something? I do electrical work. This, this may not tie in, but in my mind it does, okay? If, if I go in and I touch an a electrical wire that's still energized, guess what? I'm going to get shot. I could die. But knowing that, when I do that, and I've done it before, and it's not fun. But then the next time I go up to it, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to touch that right there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I know it's going to hurt. And I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go do something else. And that's what God wants us to see. When you go through those things, hey, He'll let you try it on your own as long as you want to. He'll let you do it. He'll let you He'll be like Jesus. Up there on the mountain. I see them struggling. I see them. Hey God, I, I want to go help them. I want to go help them. And God wants, hey, I know you do, Jesus. Just hang on. They, I need them to see. They need to look to you. You say, well, God wants me to get to my lowest point. He wants you to get to the point where you can die to yourself daily. Every day. Looking to Him. The author and the finisher of your salvation. Just as J.J. Preach this, or just the devotion this morning. Get out of your selfish life and get into the selfless life, right? Get out of the selfishness. And when you won't die to yourself every day and your own fleshly desires and your own things going on in your life, then you are selfish in your life. You're selfish. So he watched them row, watched them row, watched them struggle. But then he went down. What did he do? He walked on the water. And where I got stuck at this week, I've read this numerous times. 
And I even talked to a, a, a good friend of mine at work that's a, a young pastor also. And he's like, I've never really thought about it. But when he says he walked on the sea and would have passed them by. And I got like, why would Jesus? Like He saw him roll. He saw him struggling on the mountain. And in my mind, I've always just thought, hey, Jesus is walking. He's going to walk right to him. No, he said he would have passed them by. It's like, why would he have passed them by? Of course, you can read commentary after commentary now on different things. And one of them was, oh, well, that just shows God's sense of humor. He was just wanting, I don't believe that. All right. So one of them I did read, and, I, and it really spoke to me, was that Jesus done this showing the deity of who Jesus really was. Showing who he really was. Just as... So what, showing that what happened when, when, when Moses wanted to see the face of God, right? He hit him in the cleft of the rock. What did God do? He passed by. He passed by. And I was like, oh, that's good. What did Elijah, what happened when, in Elijah? We're going to read that real quick in, in um, <clears throat> 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah had just proved the, the prophets of Baal wrong, done all these things, God worked through him, then, then the queen wanted to kill him, so he ran off scared. We know that, so he hid in the cave. God come to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then we know Elijah got in like, well, but it's only me, God. Nobody else cares but me. I Only I am here. And then now they're looking to kill me. And so... Jesus, God told him, he said then, First Kings chapter 19 and verse 11, he said, then he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. What was Jesus doing? He was passing by. Why? So they could see Jesus in the storm. Not that, I don't believe that Jesus had to get on the boat, but they could see Jesus in the storm. And you, this is what I got from it, okay? You may think totally different. If you do, we'll talk later. All right? But that's fine. But but he, he told Elijah, he said, go out. And he said, the Lord passed by. And we know this. We know this. A great, a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces for the Lord. But the Lord was not in it. And, that he was in, and the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And verse 12, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. A still small voice. How does God talk to us a lot of times? Sure, it's not by big bangs and stuff like that. It's that still small voice. That still small voice. That conviction of the Holy Spirit that something needs to change in your life. You need to let it go. You need to die to yourself. You need to quit being selfish. And we don't want to listen to that still small voice because all this other stuff still going on around us. And we can't hear it. How many of you ever took a hearing test in a booth? You know what I'm talking about? So we have to do that every year. So get in this booth, put them headphones on, you got this little clicker to click for the beep. And you're concentrating on that small little beep. And then I hear my heartbeat, I hear my breathing, I hear everything else, and then before long I'm just pressing buttons, hoping that I get it. And I try to get the joke out every year. Well, your hearing's fine. I guess I don't tell my wife. And they don't they don't think it's funny. I'm sure they hear it by every male that comes in there to this place to do the hearing test. But it's just like that. It's the same thing. 
The Holy Spirit wants to talk to us. God wants to reveal Himself to us. But we're so focused on every other thing, trying, thinking we're doing right, listening to the small voice that we miss actually what God wants to do in our life and what He wants to do for us. And we miss those things because we're focusing all on everything else besides God. And because I know when I get in there and I'm trying to listen for that beat, then I start concentrating, all right, don't listen to your heartbeat. You're still thinking these things. Don't listen to your breathing. And then you, that's all you hear. That's all you hear. That's all I hear anyway. But so, so that still small voice, that still small voice. So God passed by. Jesus passed by. Guess who Jesus was? And he is. He's God, right? It's the same as God. The Holy Spirit, as we've said a lot of times, is not their little brother. He's not any of that. No, He's God. Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And, and so, he, he, was, he was there whenever God passed by Elijah. He was there. He saw this happen. He said He would have passed them by. He would have passed them by. And, and when they saw Him in verse 49 of Mark chapter 6, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. I'm sure most of us would too, not knowing what it was. For, for when they saw him, they were troubled, but immediately he talked to them and said, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. And when that is translated into Greek, that is the same thing, or Hebrew, as when God said, told Abraham, said, Who am I going to say? Or Moses said, Who am I going to say to send you? He said, I am sent you. I am sent you. It's the same thing. Jesus was saying, hey, I am is right here. I am the first. I am the last. I am is here. And it's the same I am that was there walking on the waters with him that we say lives in our heart today. If he's made him Lord, if you made him Lord of your life, then he lives inside of you. And that the Holy Spirit is right here resting and residing inside of you, ready to break forth and break out if you'll let it. If you'll let him. But he said, no, he said, it is I, be of good cheer, do not be afraid. That's where I want to get to today. It is I, it is I am, it's still here in this room with us today. I am is still here. I am is not just a fairy tale that we talk about. I am is somebody that, that is the, the, the maker of heaven and earth that we can thank God for. If you have nothing else to thank God for this week, you thank God for Him. You thank God for Him. You thank God for sending His Son, Jesus. You thank Him. And I promise as you thank Him for those things, then the hurts and pains that you're going through in your life right now will not seem as hurtful and painful. They'll still be there. But why will they not? Because you're looking unto Jesus. You're looking unto the great I Am. Your joy is in Him. Your cheer is in Him. You're you're resting in Him knowing that He's taking care of all of this. Do not be afraid. Then He went up to the boat. And it's the same point where Peter walks out. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marvel. And you would think at this point they, and they, they would not be used to it, but be to a point where like, well, that is Jesus. That is Jesus. Because He's calmed the wind and the waves two chapters ago. He just fed the 5,000. He'd healed numerous people. You would think at some point we'd get it. 2,000 plus years later, we're still not getting it. Because we come to a building, and I'm glad we do. But instead of knowing that we're the temple of God, we still try to build these up to be the temple of God. We still, and then it, we, we get to a point at times in our, in our religious world, in our Christian life, to where we kind of go back to the Old Testament way. 
where maybe God will show up in this amount of time for me today. And we box him in. And we wonder why we have nothing to be thankful for because we're sitting here in church and we're, 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 you know, God's good and I believe he's here. But what are we going to do when we leave here? So God, you think God just stays here? This is his temple. Each church building is his temple. And that's where he hangs out and stays. No, God goes with you because you're the church. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're him. So when you leave here, if he's all of your life, guess who goes with you? The Holy Spirit. Jesus, God, they all go with you. We come here to praise the name of Jesus, just as we should every day, and give thanks to Him and learn from His Word. But He don't He don't just He don't just hang out. I mean, He's not coming in. I don't come in here during the week. But like, hey, God, how you doing? We'll see. We'll see Wednesday night. See Sunday. What What good would that be? What good would a God be if He just stayed right there? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. He wouldn't, couldn't be the Almighty, the Great I Am, the Beginning and the End, the Alpha and the Omega. It couldn't be that if He just stayed right here and didn't go with me every day. No, He's with us. He's for us. And so He wanted His disciples to see that, and He's still wanting us to. So in, in verse 52, it said, For they had not understood about the lows because their heart was hardened. So no matter what's going on in your life right now, we said it before, life can, life can suck. Problems are still real. I didn't preach anything today that would make you think you live in a fairy tale. I preached the Word of God. And until you lay your life down and quit living a selfish life, until you look to Him, He's up there watching. He's up there waiting just for you to die to yourself daily. Give it all to Him. And look, I know tomorrow when you get up, the problem may still be there. But guess who else will be? I will. I am will. I am will be there. And we can look to Him tomorrow just like we did today. And the next day just like today. Knowing each and every day that He's right there with us. Looking out for us. Watching over us. And, and, it's, and then when we leave this world, when we do, we know our goal is to be in heaven. But our goal while we're on this earth is to live Jesus is Lord of our life every day. Trusting in Him. So as you go to this week, celebrating Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I know for some, it's going to be a harder year than others. But guess who's still there, just like He was last year? The great I Am. He's still there. And it may look different. It may sound different. It may feel different. But Jesus is still there. Jesus is still on the throne, sitting at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, right? He's still there. He's still in your heart. He's still working on your behalf. He's still praying for you just as He did these disciples, lifting them up, interceding for you on your behalf every day, all the time. Why? Because it's His promise to us. He died so we could be in right standing with Him. Amen? Amen. I mean, y'all stand this morning.